Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Join me, if you will, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. I'm certain that many of you could quote verse 28 at least, but I want us to go there and let the spirit of the Lord that is in this house, would you just let this continue, amen, don't, don't let it stop now, and uh, let the presence of the Lord touch our lives together in Jesus' name, Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Read 30 with me again. Moreover, he did... Moreover, whom he, he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight from this thought, God is enough. Amen. God is enough. He really is enough. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. <clears throat> this passage, of course, in Romans reveals that all things God works for the good of them who love him, all things. There's a broad assumption, I think, I began to read this this afternoon, and I thought about the opening line, for we know. This is what we know. We're not trying to figure this part out. We're not trying to come to terms with this or embrace this. But this we know, or and we know. Romans 8 and 28 is probably one of the most direct or indirectly quoted scriptures in the entire Bible. I've heard everyone from saint to sinner quote this scripture. I've heard the sober and the intoxicated quote this scripture. <laughs> Everybody has a little bit of their hand around Romans 8 and 28. And uh, when we look, however, at this passage of Scripture, it is not a crutch to help us through difficult times. It is, it, it is not just a, a something to help us stagger a few more days until we come out the other side. This is a promise. Amen. This, this is not a crutch. This is not just something we, we pull out to get us past the moment. This is a promise. And many, many times, people sitting in this auditorium and people that may hear this message at some point later, and I myself have quoted this passage of Scripture 
thought of this passage of scripture when we were going through or have been going through difficult times and it is hard to untangle all of that when you're in the throes of the storm, would you at least whisper amen? That's the truth, it's the truth. When you are in the throes of things and life just absolutely makes no sense, there are times when people refer to that and it's an encouragement. And there are other times when people mention Romans 8 and 28 and you just almost wanna, right? It's just something inside of you just bristles up because we look around us at what's going on and we, we shoehorn that into the reality of what we are really facing in our lives, not imaginary, not make-believe, and it sometimes seems hard to imagine. If we look at our own situations for just a moment, the things that may be going on in your life at this very moment, or maybe it's something going on in the lives of someone close to you, we ask ourselves, how could this be good? How could this be good? We look at all the world situations that are going on. We ask ourselves, is this good? The obvious answer to that is no. And so it's important to understand that that's not what this passage of scripture is telling us. But if we'll examine what it does say, I believe that we can discover one of the most positive statements in the entire word of God because it's, this scripture is about what God is doing in the midst of our circumstances or in the midst of our situations because God is always moving. Now, we, we often quote, uh, we often refer to at least Genesis 1 and the, the first chapter of Genesis about the spirit of God moving and how that his spirit began moving and it is continuing to move and we shout about that when we're in a shouting mood. We rejoice about that when we're in a rejoicing mood. But when we are in the throes of life's storms and troubles and tribulations and, and the circumstances that we face, we cannot afford to forget that God is still at work. Amen. God is always at work and our circumstances are not lost to God at all. So let's look at several characteristics of God's work in us. The first thing we need to see in this passage is the promise that I read to you in verse 28. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, are the called according to his purpose. So it's important for us to understand that what this text is not saying is that all things are good. I think we've got perhaps enough intellect among us to realize that all things are not good. And uh, when the Shunammite woman, uh, when she came after the death of her promised child, remember that, that was a child of promise. That wasn't something she asked for herself necessarily at that moment. Obviously, she had petitioned God for that. And that's why uh, that the Lord met that need. And so when this child of promise died, when she was met by the way and said, how are things? She said, all is well. I don't think she was telling a lie. I don't think that, that she was just make-believe or I don't think she was in denial by any stretch of the imagination. She was holding him when he died. So she was not in denial about the circumstances, but she knew that God was God enough. Amen. If he was God enough in the situation to bring her a child, then he is God enough 
to bring back that promise into her life and into her arms. And so it's, it's not saying that, even saying that the sum total of all things are good. It says all things work together for good. All things work together. All things are not good and sometimes even the sum total of things are not good. Some things are just evil. Some things are just evil. Now, I don't like to give Satan a lot of pulpit time. I don't think this is what, this is not his night. But we cannot forget at the same time that there, is, there are some things that are just perpetuated upon the church by Satan himself. Amen. There are just some things that just is an out and out attack. Amen. Now, if you got a flat tire on the way to church and you had 117,000 miles on those tires, that probably wasn't the devil. Just guessing. I'm just guessing. You know, some people attach everything to the devil. Well, it was just the devil. Well, it may not have been the devil at all. But there are things that are perpetuated upon us. There are things that are pressed upon us. And so it can't be lost to us that the, the enemy is at work against. And uh, so I, I can in no way construe some of those things as good. But the scripture says that in all things, God is gonna work it out. He's gonna work it to our good. In other words, God causes them to work ultimately together for our good. In fact, God is at work in all things, whether they are good or evil, to bring about one thing, and that is his purpose in our life. Some people wander through life aimlessly without any real sense of purpose, and that must be a very miserable place to be in. When you discover your place, when I discover my place, then we can operate and function freely as to what God has called us to do. And so I'm thankful for that. I want the Lord to realize, I want to realize rather that the Lord is at work trying to bring to, to birth a purpose in my life. And uh, we can't all be everything, but we can be what God has called us to be. Amen? And so God is at work in all things, whether they're good or evil, he is trying to give birth to a purpose. And that, that is the underlying principle, I feel like, of verse number 28. God is at work in our lives, causing events that shape us and mold us, and you know, all the shaping and molding doesn't feel good. And it's not always at a convenient time or spot in our lives, but it is just God molding and mending and shaping and shaving, and sometimes it is to coddle us, and sometimes it is to press us into his will. Amen, notice that. The Bible says, in all things God works the good of them who love him. There is a condition that is placed upon that, and that is on those that love him. People who have not been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost are on a downward spiral of despair, and they have no hope. And we say this all the time, not in a judgmental way, but I, I, I consciously say this, and uh, uh, think this subconsciously many times just in the back of my mind when I see people just encounter things in life or I encounter things in life. I wonder how do people walk through these valleys if they don't know the Lord? When I, when I find the peace that comes into my life when I go to God in prayer and I wonder how 
people that don't know how to pray or don't know about prayer or know about the Lord, how do they make it through these trying circumstances? They have no one to turn to and life itself seems so futile and simply not worth living. But for a child of God, we do not despair because there is hope. We're serving a God that is God enough. Amen, can you say he's God enough? Amen. I don't want you to just listen to me tonight. I'm not the professor and you the student. I want us to interact and realize that God is God enough. If he could speak this world into existence, then he is certainly God enough to handle my circumstance. He is absolutely God enough to handle my circumstances. So we're not helpless because God is there. God is at work to bring about his purpose in our lives. It's not about us. And in our society, that's not a favorite frame of mind to step out in because we want it, uh, we, we bought into Burger King's philosophy. We want it our way. <laughs> and we want it now. <laughs> we want it our way and we want it now. Burger King and microwave ovens have wrecked our spiritual life. Amen, we want it our way and we want it our way now. But that's not how God's work is, is, a, is brought to fruition. God has a purpose in our life. And some things just take time. Amen. Some things just take time. They, uh, the hope for us is not that we'll escape evil. Not, not at all. The hope is for us is that God is gonna show us how to live even through trying circumstances. God will show us how to live victoriously. I, I, I don't wanna meander too far. I know we, we have a ways to go here tonight, but I, when I think about Stephen, when I think about what the scripture says of Stephen, that at his death, at his stoning, and you know, we, we can read these passages so often until we lose the impact of what it really means. But here's a man that is dying at the hands. He's not dying a pleasant death, but he's dying a slow and painful and grueling death. But in that moment, in that moment, Moment, Stephen didn't leave this world dejected. He didn't leave this world bitter and angry, but he left this world with victory in his heart and in his mind. And I have often thought about that passage of scripture that God doesn't always deliver us. He doesn't always remove the mountain. He doesn't always move the obstacles, but he can help us to live life victoriously. And so if we look to what he is trying to say to us in the midst of those circumstances, we'll find that God has not left us helpless. We might even find that even the hardest of those circumstances are used by the Lord to mature us. How many of you ever been put in a situation where you just had to grow up? Even if you were 50, you just had to grow up. Even if you were 60, you just had to rear back and grow up. It was just a situation that we realized, I'm gonna have to figure out how to deal with this because of the Lord's ultimate purpose is to bring us to the place or to a place of ministry. And this is where I'm headed tonight, that God is not just playing with us. God's not just messing with us. He's not just exercising some authority over us, but God is trying to bring about a purpose and give birth to a ministry in all of our lives. I'm thankful that the condition he placed upon that was this, that we love God. Amen. Those who love him, that's the ones that's gonna be a part of that process. I'm thankful that the condition wasn't that we had to obtain some kind of perfection in our lives. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? I'm imperfect, you probably know that. 
but we're all imperfect. We all have flaws. Some of them are a little more visible than others, but, but we all have flaws. One of my desires for this church has always been that we would somehow just develop a love for Jesus. We just sang about it. I had no idea they were gonna sing that. I almost asked them to sing that because this, the song that we just sang, Falling in Love with Jesus, there is such a powerful principle that can be released in our lives if we realize the value of falling in love with him. When you are in love with something or someone, there is no such thing as something costing too much, no something being too much trouble, something being, come on now. Amen, when you are, when you love, I'm not just talking about being in love and warm and fuzzy. I'm talking about love, love in the difficult times, love when the mountainside is sheer, love when the clouds are hanging low. If we can love God, and so as a shepherd of this church, one of the things that I've wanted to cultivate in the hearts of people is just fall in love with God. Don't fall in love with your job. Don't fall in love with your title. Don't fall in love with whatever you're, you're, you're maybe doing in the church, but fall in love with God, if we'll fall in love with him, and these things, peripheral things, can fall by the wayside, but if we just fall in love with him, we'll realize, amen, that that gives birth to something in our lives that's very, very powerful. If you love God with all of your heart, then God can work in us because the love of God will take care of a lot of things in a person's life because people that are loved the Lord are faithful to him in every facet of their life, whether it's faithfulness in prayer, faithfulness in Bible study, faithfulness in, in, uh, in fasting, faithfulness in church attendance, faithfulness in tithes and offerings. It won't really matter if you fall in love with him. People that fall in love with the Lord, everything falls under the umbrella of that. It comes under the umbrella of that. If you love him, you will be faithful to him. If you love God more than you love other things, then when God speaks to your heart, you will obey. I heard someone say something years ago. I may not quote it exactly correct, but you'll get the gist of it. They said, whenever God gives you something, don't hold on to it so tight that when he takes it away, it hurts your feelings. So when God gives you a gift, just hold it gently. Secure it, protect it preserve it, keep it. But there may be a time that that is placed in the hands of someone else. And when God takes something from us, if we don't hold on to it so tightly, then it won't interrupt our relationship with him. If you love him, you trust him. If you love him, you will be faithful to him. If you love God more than you love anything else, it won't hurt your feelings to give that away if that's what God wants you to do. I, I, I wanna just insert this here. My heart was pricked. So several years ago, some of you may remember when Brother Ray and Nichols and his wife were standing here behind this pulpit. Brother and Sister uh, Nichols were, he was 42 years old. I remember that at the time. He was 42 years old when he was giving his testimony about uh, he and his wife had given their lives to education and they had taught in Bible colleges and, and, and schools and, and they had given them themselves to that and they had a missionary visit their church. Maybe you remember this story and, and in, that, in that missionary's presentation, God began to deal with them about the country of Russia and they went to Russia and long, 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 long story short was at 42 years of age they made a complete 
complete change in their lives. Their lives was already niched out. It was already planned. Their future was already set. But God said, I need to take this out of your hand because I gotta place something else in your hand. And I sat right here on this platform and I thought, dear God, here is a man at this point in his life and his wife that went to a country where they knew no one and they didn't even know the language. Are you hearing me tonight? You know, everybody always gets a little tight when you start talking about things like this because you're scared God's gonna call you to Africa. I'm talking about Brother Nichols, so come on back to church. Amen. If he calls you, so be it. But we gotta realize that what God has given us, I don't wanna hold on to it so tight that if God has a change of plans in my life, that I get bitter and indifferent. Hallelujah. I just wanna let the spirit of the Lord say, God, whatever you need for me to do it, here's some usable hands. I wanna empty them of myself, empty them of my agenda, empty them of my plans and my program and let you you give birth. I just want to fall in love with him. Amen. That's where God wants us. If we love God with all of our heart, then in the midst of our difficult situations, we turn to him and he will lead us through that situation. That is his sovereign promise to us. Something that we should never forget is the fact, as well as the fact that God has an eternal purpose for us. An eternal purpose. Our lives are very short if you think about it. Now, if you're 16 years old, it doesn't feel like life's moving too fast right now, but I promise you, somebody, when you're sleeping, when you're not watching, at a moment when you least expect it, somebody's gonna throw your whole life in the high range, and you're not even gonna be able to figure out when it happened, and you're sure not gonna be able to figure out who did it. And before you know it, you realize you've got more time behind you than you got ahead of you. And I'm not trying to be morbid here this evening, Let's all pray. <laughs> feel, a spirit, feel a spirit of prayer. But what we need to realize is that God has an eternal purpose. We're pilgrims and sojourners on this earth. But God has an eternal purpose. So we gotta raise our sights. We gotta, we gotta turn our sights up just a little bit higher. Amen. The latter part of verse 28 says, and refers to the called according to his purpose. Romans 8 and 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So God has a plan for our lives. So when we don't know what to do, which way to turn, we have to realize God has a plan. It's amazing how many people really do not understand that they are called into the kingdom. God has a specific plan and wants to implement that plan in our lives. God has a ministry for every one of us, a ministry. Every born again child of God is a minister. Obviously, we're not all called to be pastors and teachers and evangelists and missionaries and such, but we are all called into the ministry. And, and you are called with God's purpose in mind. God has something for you. He has a plan for your life which will serve to advance his eternal purpose. God has called his church into existence and we are a valuable part of that. See, God is not into a numbers game. He's not just trying to add warm bodies. God has something for us to do. Amen. 
But not only does God have an individual plan for us, he has an ultimate plan for all of us, a collective plan. And that plan is that we should be conformed into his likeness. Amen. Our character ought to be like Christ. Our attitude ought to be like Christ. Our priorities ought to be like Christ. You know, there's some people, nothing can stop them hardly from coming to church. I mean, just nothing. They just come dragging in the door, just dragging. They just got to get in. I got to get to the house of God. And there's some people, it takes nothing to keep them away from church. Just the slightest little thing. It just tips the scale the other way. I want to be on the other side of that fence. I want to have such a drive and such a passion. I just got to be in the house of God. I want my priorities to be right. I want my character to be right. I want my attitude to be right. I want to be in love with him. Amen. I want to be in love with him. I don't just go home at night. I don't just go to 621 Southeast Ephesus Road at night to get in out of the heat or to get in out of the cold. I don't just go there for a warm meal. I go there because there's something there I love. She doesn't have to call me and say, would you please come home tonight? Because there's something there I love. I don't even think about not coming home. Now I'm not just up here crowing, I'm trying to make a point. It doesn't even cross my mind about not coming home because there's something there I love. And furthermore, I'm not in trouble. I can always use the points, but I'm not in trouble trying to dig myself out here tonight. I say that you can I always need the points. All, men always need the points because we, we gain them just one at a time, but we lose them a dozen at a time. So uh, you always need the points. <laughs> Let me move on. Romans 8 and 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate them... He also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. So there is this process that we read through just a moment ago that God is taking us through. We can't ignore the journey that we're on. We're on a journey. God is doing something. He's unfolding something in our lives. He's given birth. He's at least trying to give birth to something in our lives. And so when God begins, hear me now, young and old, I want you to hear me, that when God begins to reveal something in your life, it's up to you now what are you gonna do with that? When God begins to open a path and show us a way, then now I've got a responsibility. I've got to, I've got to answer for it. My eyes have been opened. God is dealing with me, and so I wanna walk through that process. We can't ignore the journey we're on. The first part of this journey is that God, here's something exciting. God foreknew us. <clears throat> we didn't just show up. We didn't just hear God say, well, look here. Well, what are we gonna do with this? But God foreknew us, amen. And when the Bible says that he predestinated us, that doesn't mean that we're predestinated to go to heaven or we're predestinated to go to hell, but he predestinated us to be conformed into his likeness. God has a plan for our lives, something that beautiful that he wants to give birth to. And so this predestination has in view what God is going to do in our lives. We often pray for our children when they're going back to school or various things and certainly at child dedications. I, I always uh, am very moved about 
the dedication of children because you don't know what that child is gonna grow up to do or grow up to be. They may be influencers in the church. They may be influencers in the world. And so we wanna realize that God has a plan. That's not just a, that's just not a, a child in the way or a human being that's in the way, but that is God's creation. Amen, so th- this predestination has in view what God is gonna do for our lives. He predestined every one of us that our natures would be changed and that we might become spiritual men and women. He foreknew us. (laughs) He predestinated us. He called us. He knew us. He predestinated us. Then he called us. And perhaps that sovereign call is going out right now at this very moment. I will say this. I felt like Sunday that that call was going out, that God was just stirring in the hearts of men and women that there's something in the kingdom that we gotta get our hands on. This world that we're passing through, this world that we're so worried about, hear me, it is passing away as we speak with every breath, with every heartbeat, with every sunset, it is passing away. What we need to do tonight is wrap our arms around an eternal purpose of God. It is not about what we have in this world. And I'm not preaching against things or stuff, but it's not all about that. It's about what God is wanting to do in our lives. Hallelujah. Through us, because he knew us. Amen. Some may have been in church all your life and never responded to that call. That call may be issued to you before this service is over and you will have the privilege and the responsibility to respond to that call. Those he predestinated, he called. and Those he called, he also justified. I'm so glad for the justification of Jesus Christ, free from the guilt of sin, the penalty of sin, and even free from the power of sin. Can you say amen to that? That's what power, the power of the cross has done for our lives. That same God who has called us will glorify us because he is God enough to see us through. And he will not let us fall from his hands. He will make sure, he will make sure that he takes care of his children. I'll just ask parents and grandparents in this house one question. One question, and that is, how do you feel about your children? And if God gave us the innate ability to love our children, how much more does he love his children? And so we're not praying to a brass heaven and we're not praying to a God that says, I ain't got time for this. He, we're not tapping on the hip of a God, daddy, 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 and it's falling on deaf ears, but when we lift our hands, he hears our voice. It's God's work, it is not our work. Amen, amen, it's God's. He knows our struggle and he is working in these difficult times to bring us to spiritual maturity. However, when we yield to him in his work and when we do that, we're trusting in his sovereignty in his hand. I want our musicians to come if they will. Amen, this is not just one circumstance in our life. There's not rather one circumstance in our life that has caught God by surprise. He knows where we are. As a matter of fact, it may surprise you. Please hear me now. It may surprise you right now to realize how precisely you are exactly where God not only wants you, but needs you to be. You may be looking around and 
thinking about all the hell that you're facing and all the trouble and the trial that you may be going through and you think, how in the world? How in the world or when is God gonna move? We may be surprised to realize that we're standing in the crosshairs of exactly where God needs us to be because he's trying to give birth. He's trying to give birth to something in our lives and it's our responsibility to yield to him. Kim Huffman tells this story and I just felt to read this this evening in closing. World War II was over and my father along with thousands of others had been discharged from the service. On every highway you could see soldiers in uniform hitchhiking home to their families. But for my father, the thrill of reunion was overshadowed by, my, my, by his mother's illness. There was a problem with her kidneys. The doctor told my father that she needed a blood transfusion immediately or she would not live through the night. Grandmother's blood type was AB negative, a very rare blood type. In those days, there were no blood banks like there are today. No one in the family had that type of blood and the hospital had not been able to find anyone with that rare type. Realizing that grandmother had only a few hours to live, father decided to rush home, take a shower, change clothes, and then return for his final goodbyes. As he was driving home, he passed a soldier hitchhiking. At first, my father was not going to stop, but something compelled him to pull over. The soldier climbed in, and the trip continued on many miles in silence. Deep in grief, my father didn't say a word. But the soldier realized that something was wrong when he saw a tear roll down my father's cheek, and he asked what was wrong. My father told him that Grandmother was about to die because the hospital could not find anyone with AB negative blood. My father explained to this unknown and strange soldier that he was headed home to change clothes and then going back to the hospital for her final hours. The hitchhiker reached down into the top of his shirt, pulled something out of his pocket, and when that's when hit the fa my father saw that he was holding a dog tag that read AB negative. The soldier told my father turn the car around and head back to the hospital. That soldier donated enough blood to this strange, this, stranger, this strange family and saved a grandmother's life and can, she continued to live 47 more years. Somehow in the excitement of all that was going on, this soldier slipped out of the hospital without a word. To this day, my family doesn't know who he was and my father has often wondered if that stranger was really a soldier or was he an angel in disguise. I just came to this pulpit tonight to tell you that he is God enough. He is God enough. He is God enough. He's God enough. What are we gonna do? He'll take care of it. That's not blind faith. We're not just stepping out on something frail and fragile but we're standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises of God. Can we stand together? Amen. I trust that the Spirit of God would speak to every heart that's in this house tonight. Let your authority touch us. Let your power touch us. God, we've taken a journey tonight. It's not a journey strange. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. 
We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.